season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Homer Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. back here with the JKR podcast. My name is Jay Shrigling and I'm the host. Today is the second and the last episode of this weekend. Today we've got the founder and CEO of the Dallas Tigers. Great organization, multiple legit travel ball teams for each age group um, throughout the travel ball industry. Um, organization that Clayton Kershaw, Corey Kluber, Evan Gaddis, Tons of Major League Baseball players have gone through, tons of first-rounders, just a great organization in general. Um, today we discussed with Tommy how he started the organization, those first couple players, all the way up to where he created today, where there's multiple teams at each age level. Uh, we talk about how travel ball coaches help in the recruiting process. That was a cool thing to see from the coaching side of things. We also discussed what separates the Tigers and much more things. So let's tune in to the episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have Travel Ball Powerhouse, Dallas Tigers founder and owner, the head coach for their class of 2023. We've got Tommy Hernandez on the show. Tommy, super pumped to get you on the show. How are you doing today? Hey, good. Appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. I love that Lauren's connected with us. I'm um, excited to pick your brain, learn how you started the Dallas Tigers. So let's dig in. Uh, The first question I always like to ask everybody is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Tommy Hernandez? Oh, well, um, I usually just introduce myself as uh, part of the Dallas Tigers baseball club. Um, we've got, there's so many people that have uh, made this club what it is today. You know, they're for sure. I can't take all the credit. That's for sure. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's dig into how you actually started the organization so what, when, what, what year was it that you actually started uh, the Dallas Tigers? Well, I started in 1993 um, uh, after I got released. I played baseball at Tech, Texas Tech, and then uh, a couple of years at A-ball in the minor leagues. Uh, when I was released, I was doing some lessons, and I had a handful of kids at the same age. Uh, two of the dads took me to lunch and said, why don't you start a team? And we did. And, you know, 29 years later, we've got, you know, over 90 teams in the club. Yeah. So what was that? What was that process like after you sat down with those parents? What was your first order of business? How are you trying to uh, make this organization um, actually get started? Well, we had to put a team together. So, uh, you know, the handful of kids I was giving lessons to uh, were, were talented boys. Um, and, uh you know, these dads uh, who I still talk to today, uh, Stuart Holloman uh, is the main guy. Uh, his son, Michael, was on my very first team and, and stayed with me throughout. Uh, but, um, you know, they just thought it was really their idea. Uh, you know, put this team together. Um, they liked what I was doing in the cage with the boys and teaching them and talking to them. And, uh so we, we did. We put a team of 11 players together when they were 12 years old, and and the rest is history. 
Yeah. So how how long did that take? Were you was it a pretty quick turnaround after um, that meeting that you guys were had a team? Like was it pretty quickly you guys were playing in games? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, we put the team together in the fall. Um, you know, we had to get you know four or five other kids, so we did. And uh, you know, back then there wasn't a lot of youth uh, select baseball. Um, so we uh, got with a group out of Arlington, um, the uh, Texas Blackhawks. Eddie Aguiar runs that, and uh, you know we put a basically a small six or eight team league together over in uh, Arlington, and uh, you know now it's the giant business for a lot of tournament directors. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, so. Uh... <laughs> Uh, so that first year, obviously, did you just have that one team, the one yep. age group? Yeah, we just had one team. Okay. And then how long was it when you guys started adding more age groups to the mix? Well, what what I really enjoyed about it was there were other select groups around the Metroplex, uh, but they only had high school, you know, 17, 18-year-old kids teams. And what I really enjoyed was, and I still do today, is the instruction part the uh the practices i love doing that and uh you know starting with 11 and 12 year olds um you know we 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 had a lot to to give a lot of knowledge that we've attained um that first year also uh my college roommate ronnie ortegon who's a phenomenal baseball mind uh he helped me really start the club as well uh then he he moved on to uh being a high school coach, uh, went to three state championships in a row here in Texas. And then uh, long story short, he ended up being a big league hitting instructor for the Reds. Uh, and now he's back with the Tigers and he's one of my directors. But um, we just love teaching kids. And, you know, when my guys got to their freshman year high school when they were 15, um, then that's when I thought, geez, let's go back and get some 10 year olds, nine year olds, and let's train them and develop them. And, and, you know, it just snowballed and, and, you know, now everybody's doing it, but, uh, that, that was really my motivation is I love the way that the kids, um, were able to improve, uh, mentally as well as physically, um, by, by teaching them, teaching them the game. Yeah. So who... So you talk about your team, like the instructional team. Who was the, who? Who were those other coaches? Obviously, you, you named your, your one guy, but who were the other coaches that uh, were part of your initial coaching staff with the Tigers? Oh, that was it. It was just uh, Ronnie Ortegon and myself. Okay. Um, so you talk about instruction there a little bit. So what's what's that mean? Obviously, now you're coaching high school kids, um, uh, unlike you were at the beginning. So what's that difference between coaching high school kids, instruction, uh, instructioning them, uh, compared to when you're doing youth, like 10, 11, 12-year-olds? Well, um, there's a lot of technical stuff that we like to – I mean, we, we go over base running and pickoffs and stuff that the kids that uh, a lot of other teams do not cover, <laughs> which is what, what we feel is Baseball 101. Uh, we try to teach those kids the basics, and, and then as they get – bigger and stronger uh now they know how to play baseball and now they're physical enough to really stand out and we've had 
really good luck uh, with some of the kids we've <clears throat> we've had run through the club. Uh, when they get to high school, um, we're really, especially a lot of our, our teams that we have, we keep together. That's This is what separates us from almost everybody in the country is we don't fly anybody in. We don't, we don't bring kids in from other teams to help us win a tournament. We get our team, we, we coach them up and we go play tournaments. If, if we're shorthanded or if we're, we have injuries, uh, we'll ask a kid from one of our own Tiger teams to come up and help. Um, but, you know, our, our goal is to, to be loyal and commit to the kids that have committed and families that have committed to us. And, uh, you know, we've had great success um, doing that. You know, we've, we've won a, a lot of championships, but that's not our number one goal. I mean, we, 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 we like beating those super teams that have all-star players and nobody even knows who they are. You know, the, 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 the teams don't know who the other players are on that team. Um, and, and it's fun to, to beat those guys with, with our execution and, and, and stuff that we've prepared the kids to do to win a baseball game. Yeah. Um, so th- that's what we focus on for sure. Yeah. So that, that second time around, obviously that first team, you started coaching them when they're about 12 years old. They go to high school that second time around. Uh, what was that difference there? Cause obviously you're a little bit more experienced just in terms of running an organization, running a team. So what was the difference that second time around when you went back and decided to coach 10, 11 year olds again? Well, that the first group is, I mean, I give them all the credit. Uh, when they were 16, they, we, we took a group of, 12 uh, 16-year-olds to Arizona and won the USA. They called it back back in the day. They called it the Junior Olympic Tournament. Uh, we had a couple injuries, too. We ended up playing with 10, and we're facing teams with 30-man rosters. Anyway, that group was unbelievable, and, and, and they put the Tigers on the map by winning that tournament um, in 1996. And they uh, – um, we had a couple kids selected to the USA team of that. Uh, uh, and then, you know, then when we dropped back down to the 10 year old group and, and started to develop them, boy, they had, they had a lot of opportunities. And for, uh, fortunately for them that the older group did not, but they paved the way for what we have today is, is, uh, I, I, I mean, I can't thank those kids and families enough for, for giving all the, the the second team guys opportunity because that first team was, was fantastic. And uh, unfortunately we weren't established as we are now, Um, but we had a great team and great kids and several of them went to play college baseball and a couple of them played uh, in the big leagues. Okay. So that's Mm -hmm. for that second team at that point, were you still just focusing on one age group or how long was it before you started adding different age groups to the, the Tigers organization? Well, we started adding the younger groups once the first group was uh, in high school. When they turned 15, then we started uh, getting younger groups and, and, and having the philosophy, philosophy of, of putting a group together and training them up and staying with them. I have all my coaches stay with their team throughout their high school career. So if you start a team with, at 10U, you're going to stay with them until they graduate from high school. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, that, that just builds relationships and 
you know, ultimately we'd love for all of them to play college baseball and that's our goal at, at any level. Um, but we, we love the fact that we have relationships after baseball with these kids and families. And, and I think that's, that's a big part of it. Um, and it's teaching the kids too, that, that there's more to it than baseball. Um, uh, but we, again, when we're on the field and we're at practices, we get after it. That's for sure. Yeah. So that when that when that second team came around and then you started um, having different age groups, I take it you probably had more coaches than then just you and your second guy, correct? Uh, well, yeah. Ronnie had Ronnie had moved on to high school coach uh, to coaching, and me myself, I always coached by myself, uh, and I, I had uh, I always have a team director. One of the dads will will help, you know, with fungo or BP or coach first or whatever, and the, all the administrative stuff. Um, but yeah, myself, I, I like hands-on. I, I did everything myself as far as on the field. Um, and, and, it, you know, I just enjoy it and I still enjoy it today. Yeah. So after those first couple of years, just overall the day-to-day stuff going through being hands-on, uh, what was the reasoning that you guys evolved so quickly and uh, so well? Cause obviously the Tigers are a really established organization nowadays in today's uh, travel ball world. Well, I think uh, a lot of the credit goes to our sticking with a plan, um, which is care care about the kid and the family and, and, and care about teaching everybody something, uh, teaching about respecting games and umpires and other players and family members. And uh, I think by us doing that, that's kept us along or around as, as long as we have. This is my 29th season. Um, I've got uh, seven directors uh, that that um, run different areas of the Metroplex. Um, and it's, they're, they're fantastic. I mean, uh, yeah, I mentioned Ronnie Ortegon. He does, uh, he and uh, Ernie Cecil run the East, Northeast division. Uh, Paul Ahern is Dallas Central. Blake Bevan is in Fort Worth. Uh, Jason Jennings and Bryce Cummings are in Frisco North. Uh, Jerry Valdez has some teams uh, in El Paso. Uh, we opened up some teams in, in Houston uh, last year. And I think it's, I think we've evolved because of the product we put on the field, not only winning games, but the way the kids act, uh, the way they dress, the way they look. Uh, you know, I think people want to be a part of that and want their son to be a part of that. Um, and and I'm, I'm really proud of that. But these so, directors are phenomenal. Like I said, Ronnie was a big league hitting instructor. Jason Jennings was a rookie of the year with the uh, um, Colorado Rockies. Uh, Blake Bevin played for me when he was 12 years old through 18, and he was a first-round pick for the Rangers. So these guys that we have around these kids and in the club are – are phenomenal. Paul Ahern's been doing this a long time. Bryce Cummings is a director of mine that, you know, he played on the team with Clayton Kershaw and Matthew Stafford. Um, Ernie Cecil's son, Tripp, was on in the Tiger Club. So a lot of these guys have been a part of the club for a long, long time. So as a, so as a director, what are, pro, what are some of those, those job responsibilities that they're in charge of? Well, they're, they're, uh, each director is in, in charge of an area, their their area, 
And what we do is we have tryouts, uh, usually in August, runs through November, and, and uh, for some of them runs through November. And they're in charge of evaluating kids, hiring coaches for their area, um, and making, making sure that, that everything's done the Tiger way. And they've done a hell of a job, I'll tell you that. Yeah. So are so are there more than just one team for each age group for the Dallas Tigers then? Yes. Yes. So how does it how does it work to when you get like let's go to say you go to a big tournament? Are you taking multiple Tigers teams? Are you putting them together? How does that work? Yeah, we do not put them together. Again, this again, this is what separates us from other clubs. We take our team and we, we go to different tournaments. Um you know, there are some major teams. There are some AAA teams. Uh, so we try to um, enter the teams uh, in the proper tournaments that's, that, that, that we feel will give them a best, their best opportunity to compete. Um, so we will have, you know, our top teams go to that WWBA event or a PBR a uh, big event of a five tool big event. Um, but we don't, we don't pick a team apart just because they have two good players and, and destroy their team just to make our other team better. Uh, you know, we don't do that. We want to, we want our kids to stay together. And, and at the end of each season, then you will reevaluate to make sure kids are where they, where they belong. Yeah. But we have, so- we have, a, what we like now is, you know, with the with the several teams in different in the in the same age group now, we have we can we can place kids and keep them in the club according to their level. So it, it's it's a good thing. Yeah. So now that you've added those teams in Houston, how many generally? How many different teams are there for each age group? Well, it just depends on the turnout. I mean, if if we have a quality group with, like for instance, this year our fourteen year old age group. Just here in the Metroplex, we have five major teams. And if I were to put all five together with the top team, top players from that, those five groups, I mean, we would be a national powerhouse at that age group. Um, but again, we're not going to do that because we don't do that. Um, but we have five teams, in my opinion, that I've watched this spring uh, that can beat anybody. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's fantastic. And my goal and all our goals is to compete against other Tiger teams and meet in, meet in the finals every weekend, which which has happened several times this spring uh, and then the last few years. So, yeah, it's so just, it's just fun to watch. When did when did those other multiple teams? When did that start happening for you guys? When did you guys start having multiple teams across different age groups? Um, I would say about six years ago. Yeah, and. It, at that point, was it was it two teams, three teams when you first started? Uh, yeah, we started with two, and then, gosh, like I said, now we have five major in the fourteen year old division. Man, that's um, a that's that's yeah. a quick turnaround. Yeah, it, it's it's unbelievable. I'm telling you, I give the the coaches and the and the directors a lot of credit. I'll tell you that because there's you know everybody works hard and and they have a passion for for doing this. It's yeah. it's, it's beautiful to watch. So you you dug into the tri- the tryout process there a little bit. So let's dig in just the tryout process and just the recruiting players to the Tigers. So what does the tryout process look like? Generally, is it when they're younger and then once they make the team, they're generally on it. 
they're definitely they're they're generally guaranteed a spot as they as they continue to age. Or how exactly does that work for the Tigers? No, we you know a lot of families. Uh, I don't know if you know select baseball or select sports. Uh, some of them think uh, their kids belong on a team or think the grass is greener on the other side. Um, so everybody has a one-year contract. Uh, every family can leave. Uh, every coach can replace a player. Um, but what we do is we have a one-year contract for the season. Um, and then at the end of the season, we'll have tryouts in August and everybody will have to try out. Um, and then we have kids. I mean, there were four or five years in a row. We had over 500 kids at a tryout. Um, so it was, I mean, it was rolling. Now we, you know, we used to have one big tryout for all directors. Uh, now we're just kind of having multiple tryouts at different locations, um, to make it a lot, a lot easier and, uh, uh, trying to keep kids in their, in their area, in yeah. our families. Yeah. So when, when you go about rec- like quote unquote recruiting players to the Tigers, uh, for the younger ages, how do you guys go about that? So, like for these nine, ten year olds, or uh, maybe a couple of years older, how do you, how do you guys go about uh, marketing the Tigers to them, so that, that they see that the, what the Dallas Tigers are doing? Well, our biggest marketing tool, in my opinion, is is word of mouth. When people see us on the field, or uh, you know, I, I was at I was at a, a eight U game one year. This was years ago. And our teams were the only ones that covered first base on the ground ball to the right side. Our pitcher would cover first, uh, and no one else would do that. You know, that's to me, is baseball 101. And I feel that, that when we do stuff like that um, or delay steal or have a pickoff play at second base with a nine-year-old group, I think people see that and go, wow, how do I get my kid in there to, to learn about about the real X's and O's of, of the baseball game. Um, and then social media is, 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 as you know, is unbelievable now. And, you know, we'll, we'll just post on social media about tryouts and, and uh, people just come out. We don't, we don't solicit. We don't go out and say, Hey, you're the best player on so-and-so's team in another club. We want you to come over here. Uh, they, you know, nine times out of 10, they'll reach out to a director, a coach, a family member, uh, somebody. And, uh, you know, we'll just tell them, Hey, we've got tryouts, August, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, then, then, then that's when we have to make decisions on, on players and, and where to put, put, put the personnel. Yeah. So do you, you generally have during tryouts, you generally have, players from other travel organizations around the state that are coming to your guys' tryouts as well? Uh, not around the state, but around the, around the Metroplex, uh, Waco, you know, Waco's an hour and a half from here. I've had kids from Waco before, uh, had kids from Houston play over here with us, but, uh, typically it's, it's the Metroplex area. Um, Waco, East Texas, West Texas, North Texas. <laughs> We've had some Oklahoma kids because Oklahoma is not very far from here, just north of us. Yeah, so so basically, what you're saying is it's basically up to the player how how long they're willing to drive. So if it's a two hour drive yep. for them, 
it's it's completely on the on their like that's their decision. Yes. So when you guys are actually in season, obviously Texas baseball starts in what February high school wise, and they're done by the time school ends. So when do you guys actually start practicing uh, for just team by team for the Dallas Tigers? Well, we start with the 14 and under, the eighth graders and under. Uh, usually the second week in February, a lot of the directors have an off-season program that the kids go through, um, which goes through the winter. Um, but we are we really like the kids to play other sports, soccer, football, baseball, basketball during the, you know, now lacrosse is popular. Um, while they're in in middle school, 14 and under. Uh, once you get to high school, a lot of kids will have to decide whether they play two or three sports or maybe just focus on one. Um, but we like them to be versatile, and, and I think that's playing other sports. I've got five boys of my own. Uh, Lawrence and Cal are mine, and I have three stepsons. <clears throat> and they, play, they all played football, basketball, baseball growing up. Um, until they got to high school, and then they played a couple of them played football and baseball. But uh, yeah, it's uh, we want them to be versatile for sure. Yeah. So once the summer starts and it's actually time for tra- the travel ball season, how often are you guys practicing as a team? Is it every night, or how often in between tournaments are you guys practicing? Uh, no, see a lot of our high school teams. We've had since they were younger, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13. So a lot of the stuff that we go over, because we have a lot of time when they're younger, uh, we usually have, you know, a couple, couple two-hour practices uh, a week, two or three practices a week when they're younger. Uh, so now when they get to high school and they've been through the program uh, and the games nowadays, I mean, high school baseball, the playoffs are going on right now. And the state championship is like the first or second week in June. Uh, and a lot of times we'll have some players that are in that those games and they'll miss the first weekend or two of our summer league or summer season. Um, so what we try to do is, is uh, the, the high school season, we can't, we can't start practicing until the kids are out of the postseason. I don't want anybody getting hurt. Um, you know, while they're in the postseason for their high schools. Uh, what we may do is get together and have like a walkthrough on go over pickoff plays, re- review signs, uh, you know, have like a cookout and have the families there and, uh, you know, just, just get, get the mojo going again. And then when the high school season's over, then we get, we get rolling. And, you know, these families spend a lot of time together in the next two months. Uh, traveling, hotel rooms, restaurants. Uh, so we try to we try to make sure everybody's everybody can get along. Yeah, um, and it and if they don't, we get rid of the people that are causing problems. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah. matter no matter how good or bad the player is, can't you know, can't be having that in an organization. Mm-mm. Nope. So. When it, when it is summertime, you guys are practicing. Obviously, you guys have multiple teams across the Metroplex. So are a lot of the teams, are they practicing in the same facility at different times, or are there different facilities across the area that you guys are using? Yeah, all the directors have their own facilities um, and throughout the Metroplex. Uh, so each location has a facility. 
uh, we go out and we rent uh, either high school or college fields for practices. We don't have okay. our own uh, okay. baseball field. So when you're obviously you're the, like we talked about earlier, you're the head coach for the 2023 class. So this upcoming technically senior class after this, after the spring. So do you have, do you have time to watch some of these other teams that are class of 24, 25 or are most of your time spent with the 23 team? Oh no, I've got, well, what I've done is, or what I do is I go watch those groups when they're younger. Cause I want to, I want to, build relationships with them and know that our 24 class is loaded and our 25 class is loaded. Uh, And we can talk about when colleges call me, you know, I'm confident enough to talk about the kids um, and, and, uh, and their abilities and what they can bring to the, to their college program for sure. Yeah. And our, and our, and our coaches for those groups are, are phenomenal. I mean, it's, their their baseball uh, background is tremendous. We have a lot of a lot of coaches that played college or professional baseball. So, if a college coach picks up a phone and calls me about a kid, and I don't know him up and in, inside and out, uh, which I usually do, but if I don't, I'll lead them to the coach, and they'll and, you know I'll tell them to you know to, to get with that coach and and to trust that coach because he's you know he's got a high baseball background as well. Um, and he knows the, the families and the kid personally. Yeah. So you talk about, you talk about just recruiting uh, players to college in general. Obviously I interviewed Cooper strong, one of your guys' players a couple of weeks ago, Jared mm-hmm. Thomas, and they both spoke very highly of what you have done for them in the recruiting process. So what, it, so as a travel ball coach, tra- the owner of the travel ball organization, they're a part of what exactly is your role played in the, in the uh, recruiting process for some of your players? Well, not just some of the players, all of the players. I mean, you're talking about Jared, who's one of the top players in the country, um, who um, has been with us since he was nine years old. Um, You know, last year, Jordan Lawler, sixth pick in the draft last year, he was with us since he was nine years old. I mean, these are are players that uh, could have played with, any team in the country for free, uh, they, you know, because a lot of those teams fly people in and pay for their flights and their hotels and all that stuff. And, and just to mention a few, you know, Jordan last year and, and JT this year, Jared, they could have gone and played with anybody and they stuck with us. And that, I think that says a lot because um, nowadays all these kids are, are, are flying all over the place, playing on different teams you know, trying to get uh, on social media and, and 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 see if they can't improve their draft status, which a lot of times it hurts the kid because they're flying all over the place. They're exhausted. They're not in, they're not with their familiar team and their familiar families and their teammates, and and it does more harm than good. Um, so I'm I'm not a big fan of 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 team jumpers. Uh, for that reason, I mean, again, Jordan was with us for, since he was nine years old, and he never played on any other teams. Now he was invited to all the All-Star games, Perfect Game, and Aflac All-American, all that stuff, which you have to do. Uh, USA Baseball, all that stuff. Those are there's stuff that you you just have to do. 
Um, but uh, he, he, he didn't go travel with other teams, that's for sure. And, and it worked out just fine for him. Same yeah. With Kershaw and Kluber, all those guys, you know, they, they were with us and they didn't, they didn't jump around. Yeah. Um, but again, Cooper Sean and, and Jared. And I mean, we've got, I mean, I could mention a ton of names uh, that you probably need to get on your podcast. I, I, um, I was about to say, so if you, if you have any players that are wanting to come on, talk, just talk about their career, talk about the Tigers. I mean, I'd be, I'd be more than happy to have any of them on the podcast. So okay. if any of them are interested, I mean, just, yeah. just let me know. It'd be fun to have some, some parents too, that have been in the club throughout the, let me know for six, eight, I mean, in the um, fall, I'm heading, in the fall, I'm heading down to Texas. I mean, we could set something up where I do multiple interviews, maybe at one of the Tigers facilities and just talking to parents, players, even some of your other coaches. I mean, I'd be happy to do that. I would love for you to talk to all my directors and, and, and it would be, it would be great. I mean, you can get, you can get some input from them as well. Yeah. We'll have, to, we'll not, have to... we'll be, yeah, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not hiding anything. We, we do what we do and, and we're, we're we we love to get the word out and and talk about uh, what we do and the relationships we have with the kids. Yeah, we'll um, we'll have to we'll have to set something up. I'll have to come up with a week a weekend that I'm free and head down there to Texas. So yeah, we'll, that'd be we'll great. See, we'll see what we can do. But as far as the college recruiting, we have uh, uh, we 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 partnered up last year with a, a company called Aces Nation, and they've done a really good job for us. Um, but as far as my my part in the recruiting process, I don't just try to help the Division One SEC, Big Twelve, Power Five guys. You know, I, I try to get everybody—not only myself, but all the directors in the club—we try to get our kids somewhere to play college baseball. And we've got kids at D three schools, and we've got kids you know, that have committed to Vanderbilt and Stanford and Texas and all the big 12 schools, OSU, you know, TCU. Anyway, but it's, we've got a lot of, uh, had a kid commit the other day to Rollins College uh, in Florida. Um, you know, it's, it's, we're just, we're an open book, man, and we want kids to have opportunities uh, to play college baseball yeah. and get their degree. I've got, like I said, I've got, two of my boys and three stepsons and they all have four of them played college baseball, two of them played pro ball, all five of them have college degrees. And that's what I'm most proud of for sure. Yeah. So you, you talked about, you talked about a guy, Jordan Lawler, of course, Lawler, I believe that's how you pronounce the last name. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a guy like him, obviously picked six overall last year in the draft by the Diamondbacks. Uh, so when he's for a guy like that, What's it like? Are you talking to a lot of uh, pro scouts uh, for a guy that's projected to go in the first round? Or what's what's it like that when you're having a guy who's projected to go so high in the draft? Yeah, they'll um, – like for, for Jordan and then several guys, I hear from all – every team uh, in MLB, usually area scouts, uh, some scouting directors. But uh, they reach out uh, not only to, to – I mean, they really don't ask about his – his, his baseball playing. They ask about the kid and the family and, you know, the work ethic, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, 20, 29 years, I've never lied to a college or professional scout. 
Um, so if, if a kid's not a good student, I got to tell them. Uh, it's it's going to affect, if I don't, if I lie about one kid, um, you know, it could affect the rest of the kids that we have in the clubs coming coming up. Um, so, uh, you know, Jordan was easy. I mean, he was a phenomenal student at a private school here in Dallas, and his work ethic was second to none. And, uh, I mean, he was an easy sell. So doing this for 29 years now, have you been able to grow some pretty good relationships with college coaches and then some area pro scouts as well? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, again, with, with the kids and the talent that we've sent to, uh, to uh, dang near every college in the country the last 25 years. Uh, yeah, I, you know, <clears throat> I can pick up the phone and reach out to, <clears throat> to anybody to talk about our players for sure. Yeah. So let's let's dig into scheduling. You you mentioned it before how you how you guys uh, schedule your different teams around the Metroplex about how uh, what level they're at. So how far in advance do you guys schedule for each summer? Is it generally in the fall before, or when exactly are you guys doing that? Yeah, it's a lot easier now because we usually get together, um, and we have so many teams now at different age groups. So we we get together and have. For instance, last year's 14-year-old top team, when they turned 15, they usually do just whatever our top 15-year-old team did the previous season. You know what I mean? Or, or there are times that they'll say, hey, don't go to that tournament. It wasn't very good, so we'll look for another one. But it's, you know, it, it's, it's pretty easy to sign up for, for uh, tournaments uh, because of the previous year uh team we yeah. just use their we just use their schedule you know it's pretty easy yeah so besides those big tournaments every year obviously we talked about the wwba uh earlier on before we started recording uh big tournaments in florida um are most of your tournaments you're playing at are they in the texas oklahoma area or are they more spread out yeah we do a lot of a lot of uh local stuff or in the state of texas uh we may go up to Oklahoma because it's not very far, and then uh, then we'll have to we'll have to travel out to either Florida or, or uh, Georgia to to play in a big event, a big yeah. uh, PG or PBR event. Yeah. So um, obviously the Dallas Tigers, you guys have tons of former uh, guys that are in the major leagues now, guys who were drafted playing college ball. So are you able to stay in contact with a lot of your former players? I do. I try to. Yeah, if somebody has a good game or something, I'll send them a text and, you know, wish them luck and uh, congratulate them or whatever. Uh, and most of them get back. Some of them don't, which is fine. I mean, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not in it for me, that's for sure. I'm just happy for the boys. Yeah. So for, for a guy like Kershaw, obviously, I think he's a three-time NL Cy Young winner, ERA leader in the league multiple times. Uh, what's it like coaching a guy like him? When did you start to notice that this guy might be a, a special type of player? Well, uh, Clayton came to us when he was nine years old. He and uh, the quarterback for the Rams, Matthew Stafford, they were both on the same team growing up. Uh, he was uh, – Clayton was talented, but he was un, a little undersized, a little overweight. Uh Chunky left-hander, could swing the bat, play defense. 
um, had a really good pickoff move. Anyway, he was just a really good kid and played hard and and nothing special. And then he started growing and getting taller, and uh, you know he started being who he is today. And um, it was it's just it's just fun to watch stuff like that. Um, everybody focuses on the on the big names like Kluber and Kershaw and those guys, but <clears throat> you know the stories I love are like Drew Verhagen, who just signed with the Cardinals this year. He played in Japan for uh, two years, played with the Detroit Tigers in the big leagues for five years. You know when he was fourteen, his dad wanted to quit, wanted him to take him off the team because he was on our top team. He was the smallest guy on the team. Uh, and we had some giants on that team, and he stuck with it. Uh, ended up going to Vanderbilt, pitching there, getting drafted. Uh, now he's six foot seven, throwing you know ninety seven miles an hour, and uh, it's just a fun story. Like J- J- Jared Thomas is another one, smallest guy on the team, um, but man, high baseball IQ and played hard, and you know now he's six foot two or three, and and a top prospect, and uh, it, it's just it's just so fun to watch. And then Matthew Stafford, who was with that with Kershaw in that group, he was phenomenal when he was nine. <laughs> you know, he was just a really good player. Jordan yeah. Lawler could Jordan Lawler could hit a baseball when he was born. I mean, that guy could just hit. He hit damn near nine hundred every season. He was with us. It was hilarious. It's just unbelievable. Um, so you get. You know, that's what's helped me is is having kids, uh, former players, and now I see younger kids uh, coming up, and I can kind of compare them to some of the kids I've had in the past. That's one of the advantages I've, you know, I've, I have being around so long and having having the kinds of players I've had, which are phenomenal, not only players but kids and families. I, I can I can compare them and I, and that helps me with the recruiting process with the MLB teams and the colleges, you know, and and uh, you know I can I can uh, tell them that, you know I ask them if they remembered Michael Holloman. Oh yeah, I remember. Well, that's who he reminds me of. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're or I can say you know just stuff like that. It's it's a lot of fun and and uh, I'm for sure I'm lucky to. I'm lucky to to do this for a living. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Like like you said, I'm sure it's so fun to see these guys from a young age. See, how, watch them evolve, watch their stories unravel, and seeing them have success long, um, later on in their career. Like I said, like with me trying to be an agent, that's probably one of the most things I'm looking forward to is just being along um, at the early side of kids' uh, careers, watching them develop, watching them evolve, and just having them. Uh, obviously ha- succeed in the long run. So that's one of the most things I'm looking forward to as an aspiring MLB agent. So uh, one one last question I have for you, though. Um, so obviously we've talked about it. It's evident to everybody who knows the Tigers organization. You guys are very established, got a lot of great alumni that's come through your program. You guys coach your players right. But what is your plan for the future? What are you trying to do with the Tigers these next couple of years? Um. We're just going to keep doing the same thing we've been doing. It's been it's working for 29 years. I mean, there's been clubs around a long time, and and uh, other clubs around, and um, several of them have combined with other clubs. And you know, we're really we haven't. 
<laughs> so I don't, I don't think there, we should change a thing. Um, as long as we have, uh, our directors and, uh, our coaches, our families locked in <clears throat> on our goal, which is, you know, t to develop these kids and, and try to get them to play college baseball. Um, we're going to continue to stay on this path. Um, we're in the process of, of uh, possibly not the Tigers, but uh, there's an entity out there that, that we're, we're trying to put a, a baseball complex together here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, that way all those big tournaments can come here so we don't have to go to Atlanta or Florida. <laughs> yeah. That, that's that, that'd, the road. Be, that'd be a great thing to see. But mm -hmm. Mr. Hernandez, that's all that's all the questions I got for you. Um I learned a lot from you today. Um I'm excited to get this episode released so everyone can give it a listen, uh learn about the Tigers some even more. Uh, I really thank you for coming on the show. Um uh, I'm gonna try to set up a weekend where I come out to Texas, get you guys a uh, lot get a lot of spotlight for your players, some of your directors and parents. So I guess we'll be in contact in that. But uh with that being said, I mean that's all I got for you today. So uh just really what? appreciate it. Well, yeah, I, I appreciate the call and uh, looking forward to listening. What, what I, what we didn't cover is the one thing that's more important in the club, and that's my family. <laughs> my wife is phenomenal. Uh, my kids are tremendous. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, we try to run the club like a family. So... You know, that's a, that's a big part of it. Our family's great and it's close and, and, and we love them and, and we try to, we try to treat our, our players and family like they're my own for sure. And that is going to do it for another episode of the JKR podcast. I'd really like to thank Mr. Hernandez for coming on the show today. I'm definitely going to be following his organization now. Really love what they're all about. Really love what they're doing. Um, can't wait to see how he's able to evolve these next couple of years. Obviously, we learned in this interview that the Dallas Tigers are already one of the best of the best. But I, I'm excited to see how he's even to how Tommy's going to even uh, further that and see see how 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 much he can evolve the program. Uh, make sure to tune in next week some, for some more baseball content. Uh, not 100% sure who's coming on next week yet, uh, but for any updates on that to see who's going to be talking, make sure to give our website, go our social medias a follow. For our social media, it's going to be on Instagram, Twitter, at JKR underscore podcast. And then for our website, that is www.jkrpodcast.com. So give those a follow, tune in next week, and we'll catch you then.